message in the Word of God when it comes to the church uh, is is fine. I, I I believe that needs to be prayer. I believe there needs to be some seeking of God's face. And so most of them, honestly, for 16 years as a pastor, most of my time preparing a message was to seek God's will for what message it was to be preached. And uh, I've always preached an outline, so uh, you know I've I've been I've been to a place where I I got up on the platform and had nothing, and before the song service was over, God gave me a little pitiful looking outline, and He allowed me to preach for an hour. Not that that's necessarily all that great at times, but I'm just saying preparation for a message so oftentimes is involved in prayer and reading of the Bible. So uh, so I, I take it very seriously when I stand up and preach the Word of God. I take it very seriously to preach behind this pulpit. Brother Greg Booler is a good friend of mine. He's a solid, straight as an arrow, appreciating, appreciate his faithfulness. Amen. And uh, such a uh, such an encourager. He, God used him to encourage my heart years ago when I was when I was so down. And uh, God just happened to let him come by one day and uh, gave me some direction in uh, in uh, what I needed to do. Had no idea what to do, and so I appreciate him so much. Well, I want to read uh, the first eight verses. Very very familiar verses of scripture, but I just want to touch uh, a little while this morning on this subject of the Holy Spirit. So much misconception, misunderstanding today concerning the Spirit of God. Uh, And it's dangerous, dangerous to the point where um, there's a whole entire movement, if you would, concerning the Spirit of God. Uh, In some ways, it's almost even spooky uh, the way they will attribute what they are doing to the Spirit of God. So uh, as, uh, as believers, we do have an obligation uh, to search the Scriptures to see if those things are so. We need sound doctrine. And we understand that in the last days, men will not endure sound doctrine. But it doesn't mean that it, it is still not necessary. It doesn't mean that it's less important than it always has been. And so with sound doctrine comes repetition. And so I, I, uh, I believe that, uh, you know, nothing is new under the sun. And sound doctrine is, is nothing new. And it bears repetition so oftentimes because we are so easily, uh, for, we, we just forget things so easily today. I'm um, just reminded of that myself and uh, how easily I have forgotten some things as a believer, how easily I have forgotten some things as a, I consider myself as an adult believer, not a babe in Christ. Uh, and, uh, and yet I'm so prone, <laughs> you know, I'm so prone as Israel was, uh, they so soon forgot God and the things that God done for them. And we are very prone to that. So, let me just read uh, these uh, first eight verses. The former treatise of a maid, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after, he, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and 
speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not be not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or, or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And uh, we're dealing here with, um, with uh, a very uh, transitional book. In other words, uh, there was much that was going to transpire here in the next, uh, really in the next uh, a few days, few weeks, if you would. We're going from a, a transitional period of temple worship to church. We're going uh, from a transitional period of Israel as the focus, the nation of Israel, as, uh, as the one that was set apart, set aside for the purpose of evangelization of the world. You say, no, no, they were just to, be, to just hold the, to the Scriptures and keep the commandments. That's true. But in so doing, they were to show the world that there is a difference between holy and, uh, and unholy, a clean and unclean. And uh, not, just, not just the commandments, of, uh, the obedience of commandments, but they were also to share that which God gave to them. By the way, we're never to be dams. We're always to be a channel. What God gives to us, truths, even the truths that, we, that God so graciously gives us, we are to be channels. We're not to hoard it. Uh, all of the blessings that God gives to us, we're not to be dams, we're, we're to be channels. We're to, we're to share the, that which God gives to us, and, and we are to do so in such a way that glorifies the Lord Jesus. Amen? Uh, we, we, we should not ever think just of ourselves, never, ever think just of ourselves uh, when God blesses us with something, um, when God gives us a raise, fellas. If you ever, if, if if your if your work believes in giving raises to their employees, um, one of the first thoughts that we think of is how much of this should I set aside just for the Lord, in addition to what I already give to Him. Not just tithes, if you if you're a tithing believer, but how much more, right? Amen. Boy, that's that's some good preaching right there. How much more, preacher? Um. It's amazing how uh, as soon as it seems like, as soon as somebody gets an increase, we go buy something big and new and pretty and fancy. Nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if you're wanting to give something like that away to me, I will graciously accept it. But where's God? Where's the God of the blessings in our life during that time? So, so many people... So many, I should say, so many believers love the blessings of God more than the God of the blessings. And that's very, very sad. Very, very sad. What we acquire and accumulate on this side of heaven, we, do, we will not be able to take with us 
to the other side. So why do we get so entrenched and so consumed with the temporary when what lies ahead in the eternity is so much better? I, I don't understand. Yeah, I find myself doing that. And I uh, always had a joke at, at our, our church in DeSoto about uh, just praying to God that he would give me a, full, a red four-wheel drive pick-em-up truck. You know, he has never done that. I've got one. I've got a four-wheel drive pickup truck. And, uh, you know, I, if I drive it uh, and up to, my, up to where I work, I always park next to the dumpster. Uh, because it's just a rust bucket. It just looks terrible. My wife won't even ride in it. She's so embarrassed about it. And, uh, um, but uh, we just, and that, this is all free stuff here. Um, but let's not let our hearts get so consumed and so worried and so obsessed with the temporary of this life because it's just temporary. It is. Believe it or not, COVID is just temporary. We deal with it. It shouldn't worry. It, shouldn't, it should not consume our thinking, should it? I, I know a God in heaven who can take care of COVID at any moment. He can just, he don't even, he only have to snap his finger. Listen, a God who spoke everything into existence can take care of COVID, okay? So uh, just trust him. Uh, just let your heart rest in his care, amen? And uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying being foolish now or being uncareful. We need to be careful. God gives us some horse sense, I call it. Uh, you know, if, you're, uh, if, you, if you know of somebody that has a flu, you wouldn't go up to them and, you know, uh, get real close and spend a lot of time too close to them, you would avoid that. Uh, but I'm just saying, don't let this, quote-unquote, horrible, dangerous phenomena that the media and everybody else has portrayed it as being as something that's so vitally important that we cannot continue our lives as a believer and serve God. Amen? It, 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 it's, we, we, for those that do that, have their priorities way out of out of order. Paul said, "My life is hidden Christ. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died and gave his gave Himself for me. So my life and your life as a believer are really not ours. And the reason that they're not ours is because we've been bought. So therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are our gods. I." I don't belong to myself anymore. I'm not my own. I should not dictate to myself what I'm going to do. I should allow God uh, have to have some say-so in my life. Amen? And so should you. Well, speaking about the Holy Spirit, let me just give you three or four or five or whatever time we have to uh, concerning the, the Spirit of God. Um, he is uh, the third person of the Godhead. There's nothing uh, less about the Spirit of God than the, uh, God the Son, God the Father. He has uh, been given to us, sent to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and he's been sent to the church. And I uh, really wanted to preach on uh, 
the local church today. Maybe the Lord will let me uh, in the third hour today. I don't know, but um, we uh, the the local church needs the help of the Holy Spirit of God. Without the Spirit of God, we are uh, the be- very best that we could do is uh, is is miserable uh, a miserable attempt. Uh, to follow God. It is the Spirit of God uh, that uh, does so much for us and gives us so much help. And so I'm not trying to discredit him this morning. Uh, the Lord knows uh, how much that I recognize my need for the Holy Spirit of God. So, uh, so I'm not trying to attempt to lower him in any way. What I am trying to do is to help us as believers to understand Really, the the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and His work, and His and what He is to be doing in this time of our lives as a New Testament church believer. Well, first of all, we see uh, uh, we see in Acts chapter two, and I, I'm just I'm just so far out of time. I'm not going to be able to read it, but just let me give you uh, the verses as we go along. You jot them down, and, and please uh, take some time. Uh, after uh, the services are over today and spend a little bit of time uh, uh, just going over some of the things that we've said today. And, uh, uh, we sh- you know, that's how you keep from being a, a hearer of the Word and not a doer. You know, we're so, we, we, we forget so much, right? How, how many of you all remember Brother Boover's message two Sundays ago? Two Wednesdays ago. One Sunday ago. Don't raise your hand. And I hope that camera doesn't, you know, scan the audience here. Um, you know, I jokingly would uh, get up and sometimes the Lord would have me preach um, the same outline to our church. And I would say, you, you remember two years ago when I preached this and I'd get the chuckling. But the reality of it is most of the time, and this is sad, but most of the time we can't remember what our preacher preached last Sunday or the week before. Why is that? Because we are not doing our due diligence to let the Word of God become part of, uh, impact our lives, okay? And so, uh, not fussing, I don't know what you do. It's really none of my business what you do. I know what you're supposed to do. If you don't believe that, ask me, I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. But one of the things we are not to be doing is be just a hearer, just a mere hearer of the Word. Uh, it's serious business that the church is is in. It's God's business, and he has started the third institution called the local New Testament church. He's the one that started it. The Spirit of God did it. Uh, the church was not started on the day of Pentecost. The Lord Jesus started the church. He authenticated the church on the day of Pentecost with signs and wonders that could not be explained away. Uh, and it was that transitional period that was uh, so important for the Spirit of God to be given and to baptize, uh, uh, as it says here in, uh, in Acts chapter 1, that they will be baptized with the Spirit of God. There's no, there's no uh, so oftentimes you hear this uh, phrase, baptism of the Spirit of God. There is, not, there is not that term in the Bible. There is not a baptism of the Spirit. It is baptism with the Spirit. I challenge you to study that now. That's true. And it makes a big difference because uh, because the church, uh, the church's uh, given of the Spirit of God was administered by uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, "I will send the Spirit." 
the Spirit of God is not the Spirit who baptizes us into the body of Christ. It is Christ that sends the Spirit and baptizes the body of believers. Okay? And so we, are, we get things so twisted uh, today, and it's so important to get back to the sound doctrine, the, the solid doctrine uh, that uh, God intended for us to hold on to. But if we're just mere forgetful hearers, we'll never be able to, we'll never be able to sink down enough in our hearts that where we, we, we will be able to retain it, remember it, okay? But the, uh, the Spirit of God that we, say, we see in Acts chapter uh, 2 and verse uh, 38 is uh, that He is the gift, okay? It says, Then Peter saith unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm grateful for that gift today. I really am. I, if I had the time, I'd tell you about my salvation experience and how uh, the, the, the very moment that I walked out of the church uh, that day, I was a smoker, and uh, uh, I got in my car, and I reached up. At least I had enough sense to know why you don't take a pack of cigarettes in the church house. So I reached up and grabbed a pack, my, my, my pack of cigarettes. I think I smoked Marlboro at the time. This is not an advertisement, but it's just to let you know. And I uh, popped, that, popped that puppy dog in my mouth, lit her up as I was driving out of the parking lot, and all of a sudden, boom! <laughs> It's like, that's like, I, that feels like I just took the very first drag off of a cigarette. The Spirit of God said, yeah, and this is the last time I want you to take a drag off the cigarette, too. I knew something happened, and there was something, not just something happened, but someone moved into my life. I know, I know that there is a Holy Spirit of God. I, I have experienced His prompting, His, his moving, His... Uh, uh, his help over throughout my entire saved life. I thank God for him. He is the gift to the New Testament church believers. He is such a wonderful blessing, and you and I ought never to forget that he is the one who, who grants to us the victories in our life. He's the one that helps, uh, helps direct us in the right direction. Thank God for that. I don't have enough sense most of the time coming out of the rain, neither do you. And when it comes to spiritual things, we don't necessarily always have what, what uh, the understanding and the ability to discern uh, what needs to be uh, the decisions that need to be made or the direction we need to go. But thank God we have a helper to help us to do that. Amen. We see in uh, Romans 8 9, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. He's, uh, as a born-again believer, we immediately have been gifted the Holy Spirit of God. He's our helper. So it should never cross our lips So when we say we can't do the will of God. We can. We have been given the helper to enable us, to help us to do the will of God. Isn't that great? We're not in this thing alone. Uh, he gives to us uh, the Spirit of God. Wonderful, wonderful truth this morning. He is. Uh, he's, he seals us. This gift is seals us. Uh, us as uh, uh, he, he puts a seal of ownership on us in Ephesians 4.30 when it says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit uh, of God, whereby you're sealed unto the, the day of redemption. He's the proof of our salvation. How I many you all know that you're saved this morning? Let me see your hands. You do not know that you're saved without the Holy Spirit of God. Listen to this. You, you ought to mark this down in your Bibles. You ought to memorize this verse of Scripture. 
The Spirit itself, Romans 8, 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. He confirms to us that we're saved. You know why people get saved multiple times? A lot of times because they never were saved to begin with, right? Uh, and, or the, they've, never, they've never allowed the Spirit of God to show them, convince them. By the way, the Spirit of God has been given to the world to convince men of sin, right? What is convincing? What is another word for convincing men of sin? Convicting. That's where the convicting power of the Holy Spirit comes in. You may have, uh, may have heard people refer to it more often as a conviction than a convincingness. I was absolutely convinced by the Holy Spirit of God that I was a sinner and I was lost and I was, uh, I was condemned and I was guilty of breaking God's law and I was heading to hell. I was convinced that you, couldn't have, you could not have convinced me in any other way. Why? Because man did not convince me. The Spirit of God convinced me of that. When I became a Christian, the Spirit of God continues to convince me of His truth. That's why you can read the Bible and you can read a chapter 5,000 times and then one day you sit down and all of a sudden it's like an entire uh, huge uh, uh, light that shines on a passage of Scripture or a verse of Scripture and it just like lifts off the page and you say, I, oh, I never saw that before. What happened? I just, uh, was that your ability? No, that was the Spirit of God's ability to reveal to us, to disclose to us the truths of God's Word. Oh, wonderful. He is a wonderful gift to us. We ought to praise and thank God the Father and God the Son for giving to us the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm, I'm so grateful today. If it were not for this Holy Spirit of God, I would, I'd be an absolute wreck and a mess today. Some of you might think I, I am anyway, but uh, I know for a fact that God has uh, so graciously helped me over the years as a, as a saved individual because the Spirit of God has, has uh, sealed me, dwelled me, and, and has helped me along the way. We see uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, Know you not that you are the temple of God and the, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Uh, he doesn't leave us or forsake us, does he? I'm glad for that. When you feel lonely... That's a lie out of, out, of the, out of your own heart's flesh. We're never alone. We are never alone. Uh, not only do we see a gift of the Spirit, but we see in 1 Corinthians 12, and I just want you to write this down, um, not only is the Spirit of God the gift uh, from heaven, but He's also, uh, He is the gift's uh, we, we have received the gifts of the Spirit. Now, there's a difference between the gift of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. That, man, there is a whole entire uh, uh, doctrines that are built on the misunderstandings of the gifts of the Spirit. First of all, the gifts of the Spirit are not to elevate man. They are not. They're not. Uh, they're not. Uh, uh, they're not proof in itself, of salvation. They're really not. Or, I'm sorry, uh, they're not proofs of your spirituality, that, you're, that you are, you know, more spiritual than someone else. In 1 Corinthians 12, by the way, the, the book, uh, or the church at Corinth, was one of the most carnal, fleshly churches uh, of its day. 
Paul spent two entire books, uh, or, or I should say two entire letters, dealing with issues, with problems, with, uh, with divisions in those churches. He says... Uh, he said uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 1, he said, I, brethren, couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. And yet in cha chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, he deals with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Does an individual, a uh, saved individual, receive gifts, uh, spiritual gifts? Absolutely. You, re you read and, and look at chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, it will tell you. One of the things about the, the, the gifts of the Spirit is that they are given to us under the uh, direct uh, decision of the Holy Spirit. In other words, He is the one who decides what gifts you and I uh, receive. It is not something that we achieve. It is something that the Spirit of God gives to us. And here's, the, here's where so oftentimes we, we lose sight of this matter of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are to be exercise within the body of believers, the local church. So in other words, what I'm saying is that every local church, the, uh, the, uh, a Bible-believing uh, local church has been gifted with spiritual gifts in order to minister to those in the church and, of course, minister to, the, to those outside the church, but uh, particularly... Uh, centering on the gifts to minister to others with. In other words, the gift, uh, uh, the gift is not to glorify us. The gift is, uh, uh, is a way God has enabled us to serve Him acceptably with that gift. So in other words, we can serve God and give glory to Him through the gifts that He gives to us. Everybody understand that? I'm sorry I don't have the time to, to look there, but just write 1 Corinthians 12 down. Uh, uh, these gifts are to benefit others and not ourselves. It's not to elevate ourselves, but it's to benefit others. Uh, you cannot tell, honestly, you cannot tell how spiritual a person is by their gifts. And I know some very gifted preachers. They're not that spiritual. Sorry. I should know. Because there have been times I've not been very spiritual myself. God has graciously used me in spite of me, uh, unfortunately. We see uh, not only the gifts of the Spirit, but the filling of the Spirit. Now, uh, the, the, the filling of the Spirit is so often misunderstood. Uh, I, I always liken the, the filling of the Spirit to who's, who's behind the wheel of your car. Whoever's behind the wheel of your car is going to be the one who decides where you go, how fast you go, how slow you go. The Spirit of God is not uh, one who completely, it's not to be looked at as one, uh, as, a, uh, as a force that just completely overtakes you and you have absolutely no, uh, uh, no choice in the matter. But it is a it is to be looked at as a uh, as one in which uh, uh, he controls us by our will. In other words, we willfully give him the steering wheel. We willfully take our hands off of the steering wheel. So oftentimes we we say we do that, and then we become a backseat driver, don't we? 
We don't want the will of God. We don't want to go there. We don't want to do this. And we'll begin to start fussing, maybe not necessarily audibly, but how, how oftentimes we drag our feet in doing the will of God. Amen? Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled. Be controlled is another word we could use for the filling. And it's not to be, uh, be misunderstood with a one-time act. The filling of the Spirit of God takes place multiple times. It's not, the filling of the Spirit of God is not how much of the Spirit we have. But it's, it's in direct revelation to how much the Spirit of God has of you. Has of your has of your will that you have relinquished to him. You have, you have not only surrendered by raising the white flag, but you have given to him uh, everything that he desires in your life. What what not my will, but thine be done. It is a it is truly surrendering and submitting to the will of another, and this and uh, particularly the will of the Holy Spirit of God. He knows more than we do. He sees more than we do. His, his eyes are pure. Uh, ours aren't. Uh, his eyes aren't tainted with the effects of sin. He knows what bad decision and the consequences thereof uh, does to an individual and where, uh, and where uh, our choices will lead us. So oftentimes we cannot see any farther than the uh, end of our nose and sometimes we can't even see our nose because what we, all we see is the immediate and the, and the lust of the flesh will dictate to us uh, 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 just how much we want that, and it will blind us to the uh, to the uh, uh, the effects and the and the results and the consequences of those of those choices. And so, it's very important for us to understand not only the importance of being filled, but the fact is, you can be filled one minute and 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 not the next. A good example of that is uh, in uh, uh, Matthew, where. Where, where the Lord Jesus asked Peter, uh, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so there was some discussion there, and some were piping up and uh, saying, well, one says uh, you're, you're one of the prophets, another one says you're the spirit of Elijah. Uh, but, he, but then he said, who, but who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up. He said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus told him this, you ought not to miss this, Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but the Father has. Okay, Just a few verses later, Jesus turns to Peter and says, Get thou behind me, Satan. What happened? In, in a few verses before that, he was led. He was, uh, uh, by God the Father, revealed a tremendous truth regarding the Son of God, that Jesus Christ truly is the promised seed that was to come and to destroy the works of the devil and to and to make the payment for our sin god revealed that to peter and just a few moments later he was he was doing the bidding of satan himself so at one moment you can be filled and the next moment you can be filled by the holy spirit of god and the next moment you you may not even remember the spirit of god i'm i'm, I'm just saying to us today the filling of the Spirit of God is, uh, is uh, once, you, once you have been filled, does not mean that you're guaranteed to be full, filled tomorrow or the next day. It is a continual thing. You have to constantly take your hands off the steering wheel. 
And that always comes alive when, you, when your will says, no, I want, to do, I want to take the wheel for a while. Let me, I, I think I know what I'm doing here, God. No, 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 I, I, no I, I'll let you make the next decision. But I, this one, I'm really, I think that this is it. I think this is right. Being filled with the Spirit, by the way, that's a command. Oh, my, I'm already out of time. I gotta, let, let me just give you this, uh, 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 this other one. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. 22 and 23, and also 25 through 26, the fruit of the Spirit. It's singular. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Those are the fruit of the Spirit because that is the Spirit of Christ. That is the, the manifestation of the Spirit's Dealing, how, really, his very makeup. We are to, uh, we are to understand that the fruit of the spirit uh, is for the purpose of another. You know, a fruit tree never, um, never gets any of the fruit it bears. You ever notice that? We do. The fruit tree bears fruit for others, and that is what. It's so important and vital in our life as a believer. We are to bear fruit. We are to bear fruit for others. Amen? How we deal with people uh, in a Christ-like manner is directly related to the fruit of the Spirit, not to our personality and our, our, our wowing people and our, you know, just uh, whatever else you can come up with to describe somebody, someone's greatness. It's not about us. It's about Him. And He gives to us. Um, the fruit of the Spirit. And then lastly is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And we touched on that just a little bit. My heart and, and mind is on that more and more all the time. I've, I've preached probably in the last couple of years at, uh, at our church there in DeSoto about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Um, the baptism with the Holy Spirit was a one-time occurrence. There is no baptism with the Holy Spirit again. It was to authenticate it was to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that of the work that God was doing, the New Testament church, uh, that it was of God and no one else. The, the gifts that were given to the apostles, those uh, healing gifts and the gifts of tongues, and uh, we, uh, I'm sure Brother Boer has talked about those gifts, those specific gifts that were given just to uh, the apostles uh, during that time. Those were gifts as a result of the baptism with the Holy Spirit as an authenticating, a convincing, if you would, to others around that, hey, this is just not some guy doing this. this you can't explain this in any other way, but this is of God. So this matter of the baptism with the Holy Spirit today and Maybe the Lord uh, willing down the road, if I have another opportunity to preach to you, we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about this, uh, how that uh, the misunderstanding about the Spirit of God has been of such that we now have the Spirit of God baptizing believers into the body of Christ. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not, it, it's, that's a, they call it a spiritual baptism, uh, and it's really, it's really is. um, just a spin-off of, of um, 
uh, of Catholicism. It really is. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll talk about that another time uh, down the road. But let, let's go ahead and, uh, uh, and ask the Lord to, to bless our time here. Father, thank you again for the privilege that's ours today to uh, just talk about your Holy Spirit. And let us not be, uh, first of all, let us not be uh, forgetful hearers today. Let's be students of the Word of God, stewards of the Bible, as we, as we uh, do our best to protect and honor the truth of the Word of God. Let us, let us be, become um, not, uh, child, uh, uh, not babes in the Word, but that we might become a full age, that we would grow. And so I pray that you would uh, please uh, take uh, uh, what was attempted today uh, in re- relation to the uh, misunderstandings of the Spirit. And, Lord, just let them uh, become, uh, uh, become uh, truths that sink deeply into our hearts so we would understand uh, in such a way that we could help others that are trapped uh, today in regard to uh, the Spirit of God and, and His work and what He really is doing today in the, the world. Father, thank You just for, uh, just for uh, who You are and what You are to us. Bless our time to follow, and we'll thank You for it in Christ's name. Amen. All right, we have a few minutes before the next hour.